Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Gabe Jenkins. I'm the men's pastor at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. And today I want to play a a conversation for you that I recently recorded with Dr. Chris Phillips, who's a health psychologist here in Colorado Springs. And for many years, he was uh, an instructor in the SEER program. So he would train special forces Uh, those in the special forces, on how to survive in very, very difficult circumstances. And uh, one of the things that's interesting about Chris's story is that shortly after he transitioned out of being a SEER instructor, he went through a very difficult season in his own life where things, his life just seemed to be collapsing, and he had to draw on all of this experience that he learned over the years in survival training. And so uh, I think you're really going to enjoy his story and uh, be encouraged by it, no matter what season of life you're currently in. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Dr. Chris Phillips. Well, Chris, thanks for your time. Thanks for being on the podcast. Can you start by just providing some context into your story, maybe a quick 30,000-foot view into your life? So I grew up uh, Wyoming and Colorado, um, had all sorts of, you know, wild experiences as a kid, but a lot of my life really started to uh, take its formation when I went to college and really started to dive into what it meant to be you know, grown up to adult and to dive into relationship with God, but also experience the world. That experience of traveling, doing some some work around the world, but also being invested in the lives of people drew me into the world of psychology and health disparities. And, and I eventually chose to work in the world of health psychology um, and really trying to understand the full person, mm-hmm. you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And um, after 2000, uh, uh, well, after 9-11, I decided that I wanted to use those gifts the Lord had given me to work in the military and support what was happening to um, defend the Constitution. So I joined the military and became an Air Force psychologist. Um, that was a tremendous experience, and the... Uh, I was given a lot of challenging and rich opportunities, and then they asked me because of who my, my background was and growing up a little rough and rural and passionate, <laughs> they asked me to move into the world of us being a survival instructor as a what's called a seer psychologist. So we are um, t- people that teach individuals who are high risk for killer capture, how to survive different mm-hmm. environments, um, desert, mountain, you know, Arctic, and then people who can be in captive scenarios as well. And so that's where I got pulled into that. And um, I had worked in that world for four years um, and eventually got what I call promoted to civilian, where I was <laughs> able to now have freedom of speech and all sorts of fun stuff. And I've been able to now integrate into a general medical clinic and mm-hmm. work and continue to work with military, but also civilian people mm-hmm. and, uh, in, in, in all those worlds simultaneously. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I want to get a little bit deeper into your story in just a moment. But first, just speak to what was your role specifically with the survival skills training? What what was, was your role in that? So um, there are several facets to the importance of a SEER psychologist. Congress mandates that we be there during all training or they have to shut the training down partly because the instructors can over-identify with their role, and so we stop what's called the Zimbardo effect, which is basically these instructors becoming too familiar with mm -hmm. being um, identifying as a, a captor, and so we have to make sure the instructional side of that maintains good fidelity. And then the other side of that is making sure that we have effective pedagogy, that we are teaching these remarkably brilliant people, West Point cadets, Acad Air Force Academy, pilots, surgeons, you know, special forces, uh, people who are in operational context, how to learn how to survive scenarios that are um, really harsh. So that's peacetime, which, you know, China rolls you up, or POW, so places that we're formally at war with, or hostage scenarios, which would be things like ISIS or mm -hmm. people that don't have a formal military setting, mm -hmm. but they capture our guys and we, we teach them how to maintain a, an uh, adherence to their code of conduct, mm -hmm. but to come home with health and honor. Yeah. And for the guys listening, Chris, who aren't familiar with what what's... What does that include? Going through survival tr training. That sounds pretty serious. Uh, what, wh how would you describe that? What's that like for somebody? Yeah, so I, I had to go through it myself. To become an instructor, you go through the training. And it was... Um, so I, 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 I went to college a long time and have been in a lot of classes and trainings for a long time, and it was probably the most powerful schooling I've ever been oh, to. I, yeah, I can imagine. And the, the instruction level was was phenomenal. These people are so committed, but because they're so committed and because they're so, it's such a critical part of protecting our Constitution as well as our service members, um, the intensity of that training is remarkable. So it was... Uh, it was very real and authentic and as identical to the context in which you would be in as it could possibly be without causing injury. Mm -hmm. And so I had the opportunity to go into multiple scenarios within that, but to share that time with these people who are going to be accomplishing the mission itself and, and I would be serving there as a support to their role in that process. Yeah. So, so you went through it. I went through it. I went and through the whole thing. The instruction, as you said, was it was top notch. Yeah. And I like the word you used, harsh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was probably a polite way of saying it. I mean, uh, how how difficult was it for you personally to go through that and endure what they put you through? Oh yeah. So, the. The instruction part of that for me, um, you know, it's funny, they, they, when you become an instructor, they give you what's called the Hollywood treatment, so you get extra special love, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but you, you come out, uh, 
you know, bruised and swollen physically and emotionally and oftentimes spiritually. And um, for me, um, it put me into a position where um, I had been physically challenged already with fatigue and, you know, dehydration and sleep deprivation, all those kinds of things. And that placed me in a position of vulnerability Mm -hmm. to the stressors and to be already physically and emotionally stressed and then go into a setting where now there's, um, we're going to drill down on you as a person. It's not just you surviving your environment, but you as a person are going to be challenged. Um, It placed me into somewhere where I was probably the most vulnerable I'd ever felt in my life and the most uh, it, it, it wasn't a role play anymore. It became very real and um, challenged me more spiritually in, in, in my identity as a person mm. more than I've ever known. It, it grew me more than I'd ever experienced, but it was absolutely there to challenge me. And, and what they do is what's called mistake-based learning. And so you're forced into scenarios where you're making a lot of mistakes and they want you to make them here so you don't make them there. And But what that means is you deal with the consequences of real difficult, harsh mistakes and the people around you are making those mistakes and you're all suffering because of what you're enduring as you walk through a captive scenario. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I walked out of it struggling um, and strengthened yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. So this is interesting because as a Christ follower, as a man of faith, mm-hmm. did, you, did you see God show up in that process? Mm. Yeah. It was, it, there was a sense for me that um, it was clear that this was going to be a desert time. This was going to be a trial time for me. And I... Um, I, I wish I could say that I was this perfect follower who had all the right words and did all the right things, but what happened was the Lord was present in a way to ensure that I was gleaning from that what I needed as a person, mm-hmm. but allowing me to be myself in the middle of that, which included me not being perfect. It included me struggling in the middle of all that. And so I saw him be relentlessly faithful Mm. while I was not. I was clunky and awkward and struggling to figure out how do I protect me, but also how do I protect the people around me? Because my my choices as a Christ follower and as a service member affected them directly. And so I had to oftentimes figure out how do I do life in how, in this really incredibly challenging context yeah. while maintaining faith. Yeah. So it, it was, God was extraordinarily faithful and his grace was, it, I feel like it was present, but he didn't fully uh, reveal the extent of that until afterwards. And I was able to see, wow, So that's how you protected me. Oh, my word. Thank you. You know, it was incredible. So does that make sense? It does make sense. I 
I think part of what makes your story interesting is you went through this really unique experience mm -hmm. of survival training, mm -hmm. and God was shaping and forming something on the inside of you. Little did you know that in the in the years ahead, mm -hmm. you were about to go through a different kind of suffering. Mm -hmm. And so, say, speak to that. Yeah. So, I few years later, I was uh, married in in a relationship that um, I, again, didn't wasn't fully aware of all the challenges that were coming into that, and thought I had an understanding based on previous life experience and education, and you know just who I was. I thought as a person, but it turned out to be a, a really difficult relationship and she had struggles of her own that I wasn't fully aware of and the consequences of that led to um, the uh, her making choices that um, uh, ended the, the marriage and um, and I was it was crushing mm -hmm. and I, I I thought I had fought with as hard as I could and had done the right things to make certain things happen but it didn't go the way I had thought it was going to go and and regardless of whether I was making good choices or not people around me she made choices that were really unfortunate and there was a an unfortunate betrayal in the middle of that that happened and uh, and there was uh, a loss of our son uh, her son, uh, he passed away, and there was, you know, challenges that came out of result of the betrayal and the loss of him that ultimately ended the marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I fought for that, mm -hmm. so it was it was a difficult, extraordinarily humbling, humiliating, hard time. Yeah. So. And so those skills you know, the survival training skills mm -hmm. that were meant to be applied in, you know, in a wartime setting. Mm -hmm. Did you find that, I mean, you're in a different survival situation. Yeah. Your world, the, your world is just seemingly collapsing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And were there certain things that you had to go back to mm -hmm. and, and draw those skills into it and apply them in a different way? Yeah. So, absolutely, it would be the answer to that. But it was, um, it was, it was a, a phenomenon that um, I don't know if I had fully recognized all that I was doing initially um, and all that God was doing initially because my tendency um, was to ignore resources, ignore people, and kind of um, hunker down. Mm -hmm. And so initially part of what happened was people who have, who were also SEER trained and um, they kind of reached out to me because they noticed, you know, Chris, you're, you're pulling back and you're, you've caved up. And cause that's what I am good at is, you know, um, is pulling away and kind of, going solo in this process and um, and so uh, but I as I started thinking about 
how am I going to navigate this? It truly did become what is what is required of me to get through this? How am I going to do this with so I can come home back to my to health to yeah. relationship with people? You know, as I said with my my brothers in arms, it was come home with health and honor, right? And so I needed to be. I need to get back, and I needed to do it in a healthy way, and I need to do it in a in an honoring way, and and so I I needed to reach out. One of the things we teach in survival school is the importance of um, remembering that you are not forgotten, that um, your community will not leave. They will relentlessly pursue you till they find you. And this is why we have the POW flag, you know, that shows that we, we, they are not forgotten. And the community of Christ and God himself is a passionate yes. pursuer. And he reached out to me in the middle of all that and started prompting me to say, Chris, look at these resources. Look at these principles. Remember that you don't isolate. You don't pull away from those good things that have been handed you utilize the tools that are in front of you in a survival context it becomes very much you know literal small physical things how can i capture five minutes of sleep how can i delay this how can i get nutrition and for me it was how can i capture the moments of relationship how can i get nutrition from being fed by the word of the lord and how can i re-enter into community with his Holy Spirit and and do that in a way where I'm allowing him to speak into my mm -hmm. world. And so I had to start engaging with that in a way that didn't feel natural for me. In fact, it, it felt, frankly, counterintuitive in, in a lot of ways. So I, I essentially immersed myself in those resources, in those principles. And, and I knew that my desire was to pull away, and I had started to do that, but I knew that what I needed and what God had called and, and what his, the Christ example was mm -hmm. to rally your community. Mm -hmm. And as he would do over and over with Peter, James, and John, and then with the 12, and then the larger community, he had periods of, of solitude. But he brought people into his world regularly, and this was the Son of God. So it's the right model, right? So <laughs> it, it works. And so I started, so I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I, I've got to fully do this. So, so I reached out. One thing I did is reach out to you. And I said, Gabe, I recognize that I don't have enough wisdom right now in this and that I may have learning but I need spiritual wisdom. I need mentoring. I, I want to uh, be have some shepherding in my pro, in this process. So I reached out to you as a pastor, and then asked to be connected with somebody who was older, whose life experience, you know, and um, you connected me with one of people in our church who are very spiritually mature. Mark Dawson, wonderful man, and I started meeting with him regularly to. Just and I told him, I said, I, I just need shepherding. I'm I don't know how to do this process well, and I'm asking for wisdom. Mm -hmm. And and he was gracious, and we started meeting and reading scripture and memorizing mm -hmm. and reading books and 
uh, and we continue to do that today, you know. And then um, we had the men's ministry, and, um, and it was at that point that the Lord fortuitously put together, through you, fire teams. And it was, I started meeting with the men's group generally, but the fire team idea God used in my world in a remarkable way because then I was able, I joined two fire teams. I didn't join just one, I joined two. I doubled up. I doubled up. So, so I would meet twice a week. And then I would go, and I would go to church on Sunday. And if on the weekend hit and I was hurting on a Friday, I would head to New Life. And I would go to a Friday night service. And, and I just started to saturate mm -hmm. my system with people that were strong and healthy and cared and were speaking truth who weren't speaking those lies that were being whispered to me by the enemy and I was fighting those messages by filling my life with yeah. truth so. in a really intentional way yes. as I watched you walk this out I was so impressed by how deep your roots went in community mm -hmm. because the the pull for most men when a man goes through a difficult season, it is to isolate, like you're saying, mm -hmm. to kind of John Wayne style, mm -hmm. and I got this. Mm -hmm. I just need to grip my teeth mm -hmm. and, and suck it up. I don't really need people. But you did the opposite. You opened yourself up mm -hmm. to the community mm -hmm. and to Christ's followers, yeah. and you let God nourish you through mm -hmm. people. And I'll just say, Chris, from my vantage point, there was an amazing amount of humility that you displayed mm -hmm. in all of that. Mm -hmm. You. Did you feel that, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like at times you, you, as you began to open yourself up, did you feel vulnerable and was the temptation to then close back up? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, as guys, we want to protect our dignity. You know, it's a big deal. Respect is a big deal. And, um, you know, and I live in a, in a world and, and function in a world where, there's an assumption as Dr. Phillips that you have it together that you know this stuff doesn't happen to you as a person and yeah. I've got this you know great elite training and, and education and, and all these life experiences so surely that's not going to happen to Chris you know and uh, or you know uh, someone like me but it did yeah. and um, and it wasn't my choice, mm -hmm. but it was my reality. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned, what I found was that I had to stop working under the assumption that I needed to do something to prove my worth to God and to receive what he had done that had already shown my worth. Mm -hmm. That his love and his grace had already accomplished that and I needed to receive what had already happened instead of me striving to figure out how to protect my dignity in that process. Mm -hmm. And so it was, a lot of it was me being willing to accept what God was trying to give me already, but especially in this context and recognizing that it may feel a little bit like surgery where it hurts yeah. way worse and it's more messy at the beginning, but the end point is remarkable and healing, yes. you know? So that's how I saw this was I, I needed to do what was necessary 
to experience him in this and not interfere with the great physician himself. <laughs> yeah. You know? And knowing how engaged the great physician is. Totally. Totally. He was relentless yeah. in this. And I didn't do this perfectly. You know, I, man, I, 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 I stumbled all over the place. I, I can tell you there, it was not about me having some algorithm that got it right. But what I did was I showed up. Mm. And I just was like, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And, but I know you. I know you know what you're doing. And, and you have these tremendous people this community that you created, the church you created, mm -hmm. and you've called me to engage in your body mm -hmm. and called me to engage in your presence. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do that perfectly, but I trust you in that process. So that's, so I'm going to go there and I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me through that process itself. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's beautiful, Chris. And I really respect mm -hmm just as I said the humility in you mm -hmm. and the way you allowed your roots to go deep in community and you kept your heart open to God mm -hmm. and, and so you've modeled this mm -hmm. really well you, like you said there's no formula mm -hmm. and you, you haven't done this perfectly right, you know, right. as you quickly point out but you've modeled this well how to walk through difficult harsh mm -hmm. seasons mm -hmm. in a healthy way mm -hmm. and so as we close would you we have guys listening right now that are in the middle mm -hmm. of one of these harsh, dark mm. seasons. And as we close, would you pray mm. for the men listening? Yeah, absolutely. So, Lord, we love you. Mm. We honor you. We, we thank you. Um, we walk in thanksgiving. And uh, for your relentless but grace-filled, love-filled presence. And Lord, we, we know that we come before you at a place, regardless of the circumstance of our life, that is not together. That is, it is not where things are perfect and where they need to be. And whether it is crisis or it is ambivalence or it is just, uh, just doing life, whatever state it's in, we know that you're faithful and present in all those contexts. We know that you don't leave anyone. You don't leave them alone, that you, you pursue people in that and that you do not shame us. You do not say that our worth has changed because of a situation or even because of a choice that you have told us that you love us because of who you are and that our value is unchanging. Mm -hmm. And, the, and we, we receive your words, Lord. We receive what you have said. And we thank you that what we do might, and what might be happening in our world, the storm around us may be hard and difficult, but you are faithful. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak into these hearts of men knowing that they are not alone, that they have not been pushed away, that the community, the brotherhood of believers, wants them to be part of your world and our world, that we welcome them and that they will know that they can walk head held high regardless of wounds, regardless of circumstance, 
that we speak into their lives and say, you are welcome here. We receive you. This is a house of grace. This is not a house of perfection and performance. This is a house of grace. And that you, God, are a God of compassion mm -hmm. and grace. Mm -hmm. That your heart is there and your actions are gracious. And that we do that too. We welcome our brothers in your name. And so, Father, thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your grace. And let these men know that they are they are loved and pursued in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Chris, thank you for your time mm. and your willingness to share a little bit of your story mm. today. Thank you. No matter what season you may find yourself in, I want to uh, invite you to to get lodged into a fire team group. There are some really good stories happening as men are intentional to engage in community. And so you can go on our website, newlifechurch.org slash men, and we have a list of groups that are meeting, and there is a group for you at newlifechurch.org slash men.